This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, that should be it for Lance Lynn. Four home runs in the third inning for the Diamondbacks. It's 4-0 Arizona. Bottom third, now two outs. That was the first time in Major League Baseball postseason history. They didn't call that foul? Nope. They went to the replay, came back, and said, fair ball. That is now four home runs in a row for the Diamondbacks in one inning. My God. It's a wrap, folks. That's it. Not saying the Dodgers can't do it. It's just going to be tough. Just saying they won't do it. Just saying it's going to be tough. They are. It's rough. I bet them. I I bet them. I bet the under, too. Jesus. That might actually hit. Might finish back four zero. To back to back to back too. Was it? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, mind? it was four in a row. Four homers in a row. Have you ever seen that? No. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Well, we've never had four no. in one inning. No, never. So we've I'm, never had four in a I'm, row. Then I'm trying to think like if I have seen this. I'm talking like from Shetland all the way to senior year of high school to like collegiate. I, I don't think I've ever seen. No, I don't think I ever have. We witnessed history, folks. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I would have bet. The, I just should have bet the Diamondbacks. Damn it, Bob! You said I expect Arizona to win the game, but I thought Lance Lance Lynn's going to at least have a game. Bob, what about Bob? Great movie, by the way. Uh, what shout about out, Bob? Yeah, I might watch that when I get home. Shout out to uh, no, you need to go to bed home. earlier. You need to stop doing this. We no. talked about this. So, quick correction, Ryan. Yeah. So the the call in question was not overturned. It was Gabriel Moreno. He hit a fly ball. It was originally ruled a home run. Then it was ruled foul. The next pitch, he homered. Oh, so he went right back out there and homered again. Uh-huh. Oh, see, this is what happens when you look away for two right. seconds. And then he threw the bat. We we all looked away. He threw the bat 20 feet into the air. Wait, this happened when I went upstairs? Yeah. Oh, so it was, it was, it was foul? It was, the original one was called correctly foul. And, and then, then he, he came up. up. And he homered. I literally saw them doing the replay. They had four I home runs stood and six up during batters, the break, the came wow. back in, and saw the score at 4 nothing, and said, well, then, okay, the replay was... So did Lynn serve up the... I, I, I ran upstairs to... Uh, Use the little boys. Yeah, four homers and six batters, and then Lance Lynn left the game. Not to go, great. To go, you know... <laughs> Not great, Bob. So we're saying he burger. didn't get to 12 outs, right? Okay, just just making sure that that, uh, that didn't hit. There's no chance, right? Would have got right? the 12 homers, maybe. Can they, can they put him back out there? Uh, you know what? He probably would have given up 12 home runs if he stayed out there. Wouldn't have hated that. Lance, God. Big game, Lynn. Four homers in the same inning. Does Dave Roberts get fired now? No. No, he he just won't though. It, I don't Every understand year. it. Every year, I would hire. Um, there's a couple people I'd like. I'd hire Gabe Kapler. You what? love Gabe Kapler. Yeah, I just think he's a good manager. I'm not going to blame. Like San Francisco was relevant this season. They were. Yeah, I mean they faded down the like they didn't have a very good team. They went all in for Aaron Judge and they didn't get him. Like Buster Posey just retired. That was it. Was like a little bit of a rebuild year and. Look at, like, was that two years ago that they won the division? Sure, like, they lost in the postseason, but that's what happens in the postseason in baseball. They won the div- a division that featured the Padres and the Dodgers. Two teams where you look at that payroll. So, um, I think he is a good manager. I'd hire him. I, I, I have David Ross manages my team. 
That is true. You are. He has stuck no with him. qualifications. His resume is just he was pretty much a bullpen catcher, and then he had a magical ride in 2016, and he hosted Saturday Night Live. He was pretty good on there, though. That's his resume. So there was and, that. and he got to do Sunday Night Baseball. But right. then again, they let anybody do that. And if you know, you know. This is true. Terrible uh, just another example, though. Dodgers won their division by 16 games. Diamondbacks are about to sweep them. Uh, Braves are down 2-1 to the Phillies. The Braves had a 14-game lead when it was all said and done in the regular season over the Phillies. Phillies up 2-1, about to win that series next. So, wow. Double-digit leads going into the postseason divisions does not work well for teams in Major League Baseball. We see it time and time again. Pam Maldonado jumps on with us, of course, host of BetMGM Game Day, Sundays 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the BetQL Network, Yahoo Sportsbook, of course, as well. You know, Pam, we were talking a little bit earlier just uh, – just kind of looking at the Heisman situation now with Michael Penix Jr. now taking over the lead as the favorite over Caleb Williams. Does this kind of feel like we're starting to see, I don't want to say like an erosion of Caleb Williams' chance to win the Heisman again, but kind of feel like going into this year, he had to just be exceptionally better than even where he was last year, given how hard it is, how hard it is to win back-to-back Heismans. Does this now feel like we're starting to see a lot of other names climb in there and overtake Caleb Williams? I love Caleb Williams. He's forever going to be. He is the talent that he has right now. He is playing elite football. It's just unfortunate that USC's defense is not really helping him out with the assist. So they can be right now 6-0 undefeated, but they have a really tough stretch coming on. You have games against Notre Dame. you still got to face Utah. Even Cal can be susceptible um, here. Washington, Oregon, UCLA. That is a very, very, very difficult schedule to close out. Now, because of that, for him being a second favorite, yeah, there's other players that you want to be looking at. And I'm talking about bad defenses. How about it's a good opportunity here to buy low on LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels? The big difference between USC, between Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels is that Caleb Williams, you look at this team and you're like, oh, this shouldn't be like this. But you look at LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels and you have fun watching him. And part of the Heisman Award is kind of like, how much fun are you watching and enjoying watching these players? Two losses for the Tigers, that doesn't matter at all because Jaden uh, Daniels, the athleticism that he is showcasing as a quarterback, he has the arm strength, he's throwing on the run, he's evading the pressure. Halfway into the season, he's on pace for 46 total touchdowns, nearly 4,000 passing yards, and he's doing this against SEC defenses. And it's been done before where you can have a team that doesn't make it into the playoffs yet still have a player that's invited to New York. And we've seen it before with 2016 Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield. More recently, we even saw it last year with Caleb Williams, 2022. They didn't make the playoffs for USC, and yet he still won the Heisman. What about... Oh, Uh go ahead. Sorry, Pam. I didn't know you weren't finished. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to jump on that in terms of, like, watchability or fun factor. What about Quinn Ewers? I know, like, two picks against Oklahoma, that's a bad look, but he was... 31 for 37, and he drops down to 50 to 1 to win the whole thing. And boy, oh boy, is he fun to watch, too. Is he, though? <laughs> I think he's I funny. A, I think he's I fun. Am a, I am a Longhorn, and I am, I've probably been the biggest opponent of Quinn Ewers. Just the volatility that he has a, as a quarterback. You see other players like Jaden Daniels, and they do have the arm strength, they have the consistency, they have the accuracy. You don't know what you're going to get from Quinn Ewers. It's either going to be a pick six or like a 70-yard bomb. Like, there's kind of no in-between with him. He, and because of that volatility, it's like he's, he's playing a YOLO football all the time. And I don't 
like that from from a player, that's why you're going to get such extremes. Like they've also faced, as far as looking at teams that can maybe maybe make the playoffs, Texas, I still don't think is one of those caliber because of the opponents that they face. They face three backup quarterbacks in three straight weeks. Now you got exposed by somebody who I do think is a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers in Dalen Gabriel. He is an absolute gamer. You can talk about all you want of how fun it was to watch Quinn Ewers, but I was impressed watching Dylan Gabriel. He read the defense as well. He didn't force any of the passing plays like you do see from Ewers. He protected the ball with zero interceptions against one of the best defensive fronts in college football right now. And he has more of that dual threat capability. He's not a pocket passer. He had 113 rushing yards on 14 carries. Most of all, what I loved about Dylan Gabriel was in that final drive of the game. Like, he was composed yeah. in the biggest game of the season. And that was a definite Heisman moment. And he has an opportunity here to kind of, like, roll that into more, more – I don't know how many more big games they're going to have compared to that of Texas, which is definitely the biggest. But that Heisman moment, I remember that more than I remember any of Quinn Ewer's touchdown passes. Yeah, same here. And I love him. He's not the biggest guy, but like you said, like you saw him on the sideline, right? His teammates are coming up to him, and he's just like calm. He's collecting. Then after the game in the post-game interview, I thought he was just like still the same way. He's like, no, mm-hmm. I, I knew. He's like, I saw this happening. We do this every Wednesday. I love him, and he's down to twelve to one right now to win the Heisman. Uh, neither of these teams have a Heisman quarterback right now, but I can't wait to watch this game in the Pac-12. UCLA, a four-point dog. Number one scoring defense in the Pac-12. Nobody's talking about their defense. Uh, Two really good backs, Carson Steele, averaging like seven yards per carry. But they're on the road. Tough place to play, obviously, going against Oregon State. Who do you like in this game? I do love UCLA. Despite somebody threw this stat out at me today, was that Oregon State is like 11-1 and against the spread as a home favorite. Hey, that's cool. You know what? Trends are meant to be broken because UCLA, they have such a great defense. And in a conference in the Pac-12 where we're not really seeing much defense be played, but UCLA has a turnover strength, and there's a big difference when it comes to recovering fumbles versus forcing interceptions. They are doing both. That passing defense has been on an absolute tear. Senior defensive line, defensive back Alex Johnson, he recorded his third interception of the season last week against Washington State, Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward. That was his first that he had all year. And then the UCLA defense went off and picked them off again. Like, they wreaked havoc on opposing quarterbacks. Oregon State's quarterback, DJ Uwe Ungalele, he had four interceptions on 152 passing attempts. That's on sellers. But three of those were thrown at home. And that, that's pretty much on track to be similar to what he produced last season. He had only seven interceptions. Five of them came at home. We mostly look at quarterbacks like that home and road split, like Bo Nix on the road you don't want to mess with. Maybe DJU at home against what could be the best UCLA defense that the Bruins have had in quite some time. That's the matchup that I'm looking for. Pam, what about some other games that a lot of people might be overlooking that you got some plays in that you like? Um, Let's see. Oh, that I'm... Army? (laughs) Definitely everybody is overlooking Army. One is the service academies. Nobody wants to watch that triple option. Um, for a team that passes like five total times in a game. But Army is actually – looks like they're having a down season. They're 2-3 on the year. On paper, looks like a huge disappointment. One of those two losses that they have, though, was against – one of those two wins that they have was against an SES team. However, three of the five games have been on the road. Two losses have been by four points or less. And they have played two fairly good defenses in Syracuse Boston College. 
And now Army is in its second FBS home game. And what do we know about the military schools? They absolutely love to run. Third rushing play percentage in the in all of college. That Give me that option attack. Troy, two of the last three wins were against opponents ranked bottom 15 for rushing yards. On paper, it looks like a big mismatch where Troy's just going to absolutely demolish. But I think it's actually quite opposite here where Army's going to get back on track, be the triple option team that we know because they've been playing tough opponents on the road, and now they get Troy who's faced a whole lot of nobody. We saw Maryland keep it tight with Ohio State for the first half, at least. Looks like uh, baby Tua is doing the damn thing, at least mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, Ohio State's defense has been really great. They go up against uh, Illinois this weekend. What do you mm-hmm. like there? I love taking the over in this matchup. I'm really impressed with the Terps' defense against Ohio State, but that was also you're going up against one of a high-caliber team right here. It was 10-10 at the half. I wanted, I did, I was interested in backing Maryland last week against Ohio State because of that offense. You mentioned Talia Tangavaloa. He has the arm strength. Six of his eight touchdowns have been from 10 plus yards. Three have been from 20 yard bombs. And now you're going up against a suspect Illinois. Like, this is a huge step down. You just faced one of the hardest defenses in all of college. And now you're going up against one of the worst. So I like Maryland at minus 14 to cover, but I mostly also like the over on this because I expect Maryland to put up some points. And I'm not really impressed with Ohio State's offense, if we're being honest. <laughs> like, Kyle McCord is good, but this isn't an explosive offense. So this is also going to be a huge um, – we're going to get to really see now, Maryland, are, are you really a good defense, or did you just come off facing, like, a really lackluster team right now? So I like the over in this at 51. Oh, Pam, really quick, one NFL question, because you're a Jags fan. They come home because that's always a tough trip to make, but they get the win over the Bills, 25-20. Now they get the Colts, four-and-a-half, five-point favorites in some shops. Do you like Jacksonville this week at home? I am very, very difficult. How do, how do you – I'm going to be honest. I don't. <laughs> the yeah. only reason, one, Colts have a really good defense, but let's not overlook the fact that the Jags – caught the Bills when they were in London in back-to-back weeks. They did not have to travel, and the Bills did. And they ended up leaving on, what, like Thursday? Like, it was a pretty late move into the week where they decided to take off into London. It's just, I think it was just a really good uh, pick em spot to where the Jags had the home field advantage, literally being like the third of the second coming to London fans, and then they didn't have to travel back-to-back weeks. It was just like a perfect matchup scenario, but now you're coming back home. Your timeline's going to be off. The Colts have a really good defense, and let's be honest, like Trevor Lawrence, as good as as I am a Jags fan, but he is still playing some very suspect offense right now as a quarterback. I still love your Jags, Pam. I believe they're going to turn this thing around. They're going to keep getting better. I've been in on the Jags ever since before the season started. Pam Maldonado, BetMGM Game Day Sundays, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, also Yahoo Sportsbook. Always good to talk to you, Pam. Thanks, guys. Uh, From Scott here, look at this. Lance Lynn gave up four home runs, knocked out on the third inning for the Dodgers, but still managed to lower the Dodgers' rotation ERA for the series from 40.50 to 25.07. Those aren't numbers you're used to reading when you're talking about an ERA. Yeah, like I want to laugh, but they're going to get Shohei Otani, so. They, they probably are now. So it's like, it's, well, yeah. You got to play baseball longer than everybody else's team. And you, and you get the best player in history. So. <laughs> it's bet MGM tonight.